millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Spring is a busy time for Tim Cookson, a fourth-generation farmer at Pinewoods, a 700-hectare property near Hororata in mid-Canterbury. To find out about the farm and how the season's going, Cosmo Kentish Barnes dropped in and found Tim in the farmyard. We're a mixed cropping farm, so running dairy heifers and wintering cows, but we also uh, do some winter lambs and we also uh, grow quite an area of different crops as well, arable crops. Mm, and we are standing beside a sheep pen now and you've got the last of your, your lambs that are about to be sold. The, these lambs are going to uh, Colgate sale yards this year. Um, the lambs have actually done really, really well this year. Probably the best we've ever had. I'm not sure why, yeah. but they have. And they're actually too big to go to the freezing works. Uh, if they do, we get, we'll get penalised. So these are off to Colgate, and I'm actually quite pleased that this is the last of them because the winter trading lamb thing for cropping farmers this year is uh, not, not going to be very exciting. Why do cropping farmers like to have lambs on paddocks over the winter? Well, primarily they have them there as a management tool to graze their ryegrass seed crops through the winter and, and early spring before the crops are closed and it actually it's a tool to maximise the yield of the seed crop but the the other thing is that over the last few years um, it's actually become a pretty important part of the farming system from a financial point of view you know like the guys have you know made good money on on these um, winter lambs but that's not going to happen this year there'll be quite a few cropping farmers will either make nothing or probably even lose money on, on winter lambs this year. Mm. A tough year in general for, for farmers, isn't it? Yeah, the next 12 months are going to be tough. You know, we know the dairy payout for the coming year is, is going to be down. Uh, the pricing for lamb is, is not looking good. Grain crops, the price on grain is coming back, so arable farmers are, are, are going to get hit too. So, yeah, right across the board. Mm -hmm. Wool's disastrous? Wool is disastrous, yeah. Like these, these lambs here in front of us have, have got probably a couple of kilos of wool on them and we're just selling them as is because if I get them in and share them, I'll get a bill back for the privilege. So we'll leave it on there. They are really big lambs. When does a lamb cease to be a lamb? When does a lamb become a sheep? Basically it's defined by when their two adult teeth pop through so these ones haven't yet but could easily be in another another month or so their, their two teeth come through and at that point they're no longer a lamb but they then turn into an adult sheep and, and are classified as as mutton and of course the price is, is a whole lot less so that's another good reason to get rid of them yeah. yeah, if they're ready to go like these ones are, they, they, uh, they need to go. Now, um, cropping-wise, what 
has gone into the ground so far this spring? Yeah, so this spring, uh, so far we've planted all our spring barley that, w- that went in last week. That's uh, following all our uh, winter feed crops. We have got a couple of areas that we weren't able to plant there because it's just paddocks are still a bit wet, but we might be able to get back in there. There's only like another two or three hectares to do, but we, yeah. we'll try and get that tidied up as well um, in the next day or so. And in the next couple of weeks we've got some hybrid radish and some spinach being planted. And then after that we're into some forage crops of fodder beet and kale for uh, winter feed for 2024. And then probably lastly will be um, maize for silage which will be early November. Mm. Do you contract to drill barley for Gladfield malt? Yes, I do, yeah. No, I've been growing um, malting barley for Doug and Gabby at Gladfield Malt for five or six years now. So what sort of barley is that, and do you have to treat it a bit differently to normal barley? Yeah, we do. The variety we grow is uh, Laureate, and you've just got to watch the protein level in the grain, because if the protein level in the grain is too high, basically what happens is the beer is cloudy, and the brewers don't like cloudy beer. Well, no one likes cloudy beer. So anyway... Um, that sounds like my homebrew. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> so there's that and there's a few other specifications that we have to work to. But other than that, it's, it's good. Yes. Yeah. And you've been doing some pest control this winter. What have you been targeting? Well, we've, you know, we've always had hares and a few rabbits and that sort of thing. And I started going down the farm early in the morning and, and I'd see the odd wild cat. And we've started planting a lot of natives here on farm just to make it look a bit better and, you know, if we can get a few more birds around. and I can see heaps of natives across the paddock there. Yep, yep, yep. So, you know, and that's all good. And I thought, well, righto, if, if we're going to do all this stuff and we want the birds to hang around, we've got to have a look at all these things that deal to the birds. And anyway, I, I noticed a few wild cats, so bought a cage and um, started trapping wild cats and in the first seven days I caught six cats which blew me away because I thought I was seeing the same cat every morning but obviously not so um, yeah in in the last 12 months we've trapped 20 something cats and a few hedgehogs and possums and yeah I had no idea there's that many cats here and Tim is the conflict in Ukraine having an impact on local cropping farmers well, yeah, there's a, there's a whole lot of things happening out there in the big wide world at the moment and some things are pulling things one way and other things are pulling it in the opposite direction. And how things pan out is anyone's guess. So, like last year was a bit of a classic. The Ukraine war put a huge amount of pressure on global fertiliser trading and production. So that meant that our fertiliser pricing went through the roof which was uh, pretty tough because it's it's pretty hard you know you can't we can't farm without it really you know you can't grow seed crops and and crops of barley and wheat and all that sort of stuff without fertilizer you can probably but your yields would be half and and if if we did that we're we're gone so like it or lump it that's what it is so and then the other thing uh, because ukraine weren't able to export wheat it boosted the global wheat price, so the price of wheat shot up. 
Now, is Russia going to keep allowing Ukraine to export a bit of wheat out of there at the moment? It's anyone's guess. So we just have to um, stick to the things that we can control and do that and to try and do them as good as we can and try not to watch the news too much and look at all that negative stuff. Mm. And with the election coming up, what are your thoughts in terms of the next few years? Have you got um, some opinions on what you'd like to see happen? Oh, I have got some opinions. <laughs> Funny you ask that. Yeah, no, look, I, I'd just like to see a, a government that is actually interested in, in agriculture and actually interested in, in business because, like at a lump it, New Zealand is a trading nation and, and we're, we're always going to be, we're going to be, you know, export-based and agriculture-based. And that's not going to change. So we need whoever's in power to actually support us and actually allow us to compete globally, you know, with, with our competitors. Um, mm. that, that's, that's, what, you know, that, that's what we want. Tim Cook's in there talking to Cosmo at his mixed arable farm near Hororata in Canterbury. Subtle results, still you, but with fewer lines. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eden syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com.